Hi everyone, this is Dina from Health for Life. Welcome to another episode of my podcast. Um, today I have a special guest to discuss um, a little bit about the coronavirus and its impacts on uh, mental health because mental health is one of those subjects that I'm very much interested in and I do believe this a situation that we find ourselves in is quite challenging for many of us. Um, for some, of course, it's a little bit more challenging than others. So today um, we will discuss about workplace and the coronavirus, how it has impacted our lives and our work, uh, you know, working at home relationship. So I'm here today with Dr. Arman Rashid. He's a trainee counselor. Uh, he's a political, economic and security analyst who has worked with international organizations and governments. He's also a motivational speaker and a researcher and also a very good friend of mine. We know each other for about 20 years now and I would like to introduce him to you and we'll discuss some topics today. Hi, Dr. Arman, how are you? Hi, Dina, Arman will do. Thank you for having me over. It's been 20 years that we know each other and I'm uh, so happy to see that Helpful Life has taken off and it's great to be on this show with you today. Great, thank you so much. Okay, let's uh, dive right into the topic. So, how have you been spending this time uh, at home on a lockdown? Look, Dina, these are difficult times. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we're in the third week of the end of the third week of the MCO, and almost about to reach a month of the partial lockdown now. Uh, these are unprecedented times. We have not seen a global crisis of this scale since World War II. Uh, and one may say it's such a bigger crisis because you're dealing with unknown enemy now in many ways. Um, I could never imagine myself being confined at home for almost a month. So this is a time of change, adjustment, reflection. Uh, as I look out from my window and I see Sunway almost barren with no one in the roads out there. Uh, likewise, can, did any of us ever imagine KL, which is full of life, uh, being in a lockdown like this? But again, these are uh, unexpected times and we have to deal with it. So, as you mentioned, right, I work as a trainee counsellor and I'm um, uh, based with the mental health organisation now. So it's actually been quite busy because we have transitioned our services online via video conferencing. So I've been seeing individual clients on Google Hangout Meets. We're even conducting group sessions of community mental health interventions um, online. Uh, a lot of our training is also online and of course the meetings as well. In terms of the mental health industry, this is a change that uh, was needed. Um, I've always believed that we need to make mental health more accessible. And one of the best ways of doing that is leveraging technology and the internet. Of course, this does not mean we discount the traditional therapeutic couch because it has its own value. But at the same time, we have a generation out there that prefers to communicate over the keyboard and the touchscreen. And we have to recognize that in the mental health space. Uh, and this is an opportunity in that sense, right? That uh, we have been pushed, and in a way, COVID-19 ironically has been an accelerator for us to have that technological push. So um, you know, on top of that, I've also been running a few peer support groups, which have been really meaningful. It's a reminder to us that 
we're all in this together. And yeah, so life has been quite hectic as a trainee counselor during this lockdown. So, so would you say that um, this situation has kind of um, forced people to to look into their mental issues more? Maybe because they have more time on their hands, or maybe because uh, you know they are not so distracted by other things. Well, definitely. I mean, to I mean, it's a time to focus, time to reflect, and also time to consciously look at how mental health is affecting you. And uh, and on top of that, let's not forget, Dina, that uh, in these difficult times, is also, uh, you know, when you're working from home long hours, there's so much adjustment. Uh, there's also implications in terms of mental health uh, and sometimes adverse implications as well. If, you, if you're not in check of your thoughts and emotions and, uh, and, and uh, taking self-care, there's a risk of uh, loneliness, isolation, stress, anxiety. Uh, it's not surprising because look, you're saying, uh, you know, we humans, uh, you know, I mean, look, like some of our friends would joke though that, you know, the lockdown is actually how most of us introverts spend time, you see. So that's just, you know, a friend jokingly told me the other day. But for majority of us, right, even perhaps those who claim to be introverted and of course those more extroverted as well, we like our social interaction and we do need that social engagement, even if it means, uh, you know, I mean, you know, going out to the you know shopping mall and seeing people around you. So that's how we are used to in terms of lifestyle and uh, you know in lifestyles in interacting with uh, colleagues, interacting with friends, uh, and particularly in KL. Look, we are used to you know our nightlife, which is also the mamak stalls. You know, I mean, we are. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine that's that I can't true. I can't step out at you know twelve midnight to have my Maggie going. That's like a cultural yeah. shift. In many ways, right? So, look, yeah. the isolation definitely um, can lead to a sense of loneliness and stress and anxiety, of course, because um, look, there's uh, so many questions about how long will the lockdown continue. But even if the lockdown comes to an end tomorrow, do we go back to life being normal again? Uh, there's health fears about uh, and a lot of anxiety that you know, what if we contract the virus? Given that a lot yeah, of people who are true. passing it they non-symptomatic and of course uh, long longer run Dina I mean there are questions about jobs uh, you know ILO has for example mentioned that uh, all of that you know that almost 25 million jobs may be lost and and even though you know some of us may be more fortunate not to be the probably the, in the first round of jobs we lost eventually it's all going to hit us if the economy uh, crumbles there's implications of society social cohesion and, uh, and look, another thing that I just quickly also want to mention, right, that um, there are there's also there, there are also risks in terms of poor work-life balance. We can't transition between work and home now. Working from home means that many of us can't actually log off, and as a result, right, there's uh, you know you you are not really giving yourself the break that you need quite often. And last That's but not true. least, right, Dina. I mean, I'm sure you've been following. And the most concerning thing is that we've seen. An alarming rise of um, ch- child abuse and abuse against women, which has been reported in Australia alone, uh, there's been a 75% increase in Google search searches for seeking for seeking help for those who have been abused. So um, that also shows a lot of people probably. I mean, the mental health implications of let's say you're confined at home and you're working from home because before this could go to work, but now. You know, quite often your abuser is also at home with you. So these are yeah, all uh, that's true. 
you know, this is a big issue all over the world. Even, even, even in Europe, it's a huge thing now. But you know, it, it all goes back to the fact that um, because I, you know, I always look, reflect back at my mental health, maybe roughly about ten years ago, before I was aware of, you know. Um, health and how to take care of your mental health and how to, you know, deal with all these things in your head. I, I, I would, I couldn't imagine being at this situation ten years ago with my mental health at that point, because I used to be like the kind of person that couldn't stay alone. I would get so anxious, and I just had to constantly be on a move on. And that's why we, most of us, are constantly moving because. We don't want to face our mental health challenges, and we don't, you know, we don't want to deal with things that are in our head. And sometimes those things can make our life very, very difficult. So I think this is also another reason why so much, um, you know, all these problems are arising with families, with abuse, and all these things are happening because suddenly we are no longer uh, distracted. By our daily lives, absolutely. And uh, look, I, and on top of that, I just want to point out that uh, it, the research results that we see for the timing shows uh, stress and anxiety has actually gone up after the lockdown. Um, Sheffield University did a really interesting study that that was released recently, uh, just immediately after the lockdown was announced in the UK. Uh, depression increased by twenty two percent and anxiety nineteen percent. And what's interesting is that it's actually affected the under 35 more than those who are mm-hmm. older, and uh, and that it goes and I, and I reinforces what you were saying that you know if, if many of us were not aware of some of the mental health aspects and how to take care of yourself. I mean, for example, understanding right how nutrition, exercise, and sleep all contribute to your mental health, and in fact, I would argue indirectly also contributes to your productivity. If you were not aware about these things, um, the the risk is much higher. So, given that we, this is the new normal we are moving to, there are long-term impacts in the economy and society. There's no alternative to consciously see how we can improve our work-life balance, how we can protect our mental health and sustain our happiness in these difficult times. So, so what in terms of this, uh, you know, loneliness, isolation, stress, and anxiety? What are some of the suggestions that you have on how to deal with this in, in during this difficult time? Look, I'll start, start first with uh, loneliness, right? So, of course, there's isolation. I mean, if you're staying with your family, it's probably better. But many of us who have, you know, been in, you know, who are living alone, for example, far away from families who may be in different cities. Uh, not with us. Look, there is some isolation, but you know what? The solution to that is also actually quite simple, which is communicate, communicate, communicate. Uh, remember that you know the isolation that we are talking about is actually a physical distance and not a social distance uh, distancing. And I think that's something that we need to remind ourselves at all points. So I mean, and this applies to both work and your personal life. I mean, for work, um, communicate with your colleagues, with your um, supervisors, to make sure that uh, you can check on what are the expectations. They know what you're doing. You know what they're doing. Keep that uh, interaction going on, even though it might be over video conferencing. And you know, with friends, you know, 
look at we are social beings even like i said the most introverted person does have one close friend that they like opening up to uh yeah, just because we can't meet in person we can't go for a maggie going we can't go for a drink look i mean i understand that it's not the same uh when we do it online but this is as good as it gets so you know organize a maggie date with your best friend uh yeah. said, look, we, we are both going to have um maggie going of course maggie's a staple food now so uh yeah and then turn your computer screen on okay click the video conferencing button and there you go i mean uh, uh look i've done this a lot last few weeks myself and it's just been wonderful um i feel again we connected to my friends and you know what there's actually opportunity here adina that in fact uh, sometimes the hustle and bustle and the hectic life style that we have traffic time commuting uh, the stress and everything else we have to lost contact with a lot of people who mean a lot mean mean, mean much to us now that we are staying at home we are in slightly more control over our time I, at least if you structure your day and plan better you know connect with those people who you haven't spoken to for a while look i have a sister who lives in uh, new york we live in different time zones and look she leads a busy life so uh, and myself as well we hardly have time to speak but you know what last two weeks we've probably spoken more than we have over the last uh, maybe even two years and in these difficult times we need each other more i mean uh, yeah so yeah definitely communicate 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 so that's in terms of the loneliness part um the second one i mean no mention is now is a poor work life balance right uh and stress and anxiety uh, you know they are interrelated there it's it is really important for you to have a work life balance and for that right uh the important thing is to you know have clear boundaries and these boundaries they need to set with your workplace with your family uh, families as well so just because you're working from home does not mean you're on call uh, 24/7 you you need to have also some structure for yourself um and you know like sometimes when we work from home uh, you know we don't treat it like that but i think the important thing is treat working from home like work uh designate a working space turn off your notifications get dressed uh be as professional as possible but the most important thing here is have a structure i can't yeah. uh, emphasize the importance of this dina um yeah okay. i think organizing yourself organizing you know step by step because you know if you are not no longer in your office environment automatically you start you know getting disorganized losing track of time losing track of things so i think that's why people are really missing the office environment right now because Absolutely. they don't get that kind of structure anymore but it's still possible it's just about you know organizing yourself and 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 getting a bit of of to-do lists and uh, you know those kind of things uh, done so that you can really maximize your time and use your time wisely absolutely and you know did you ever imagine people would be saying uh, let i can't wait to go back to work all this while we've been saying okay we are overworked can't wait for the weekend can't wait to unwind but there's a lot of people who want to go back to work and i think we are missing the structure the important yeah. thing right here dina is to remember that look you're working from home that's great and there is a advantage there which is that you're in a way in charge of your own structure hey if 6 am is when you start to start, start to work and that's what you like 
we have the freedom now before this you couldn't do it with the office wouldn't open if you actually a late late riser that's also fine but make sure you have a structure some routine in your life as much as possible yeah. and that uh, allows you to reduce anxiety maybe even boredom in some cases and most importantly achieve a work life balance and finding time for a hobby and you know i want to add here you know that we need to know when to log off as well um just as we need to know that turn off your notifications when it's work you should not get interrupted by anything else just as we know that uh, look um you need to set clear boundaries with your family members when you're at home and tell your kids tell your partner that hey you know i mean these are the hours i'm not available and maybe having some visual cues like maybe when the door is half shut that means that you can't be disturbed at that point um but we need we need that and likewise also knowing when to log off and uh, you know when you and ask, and asking yourself okay you know what if there's a important uh, decision that's been made over over uh, over you know your phone uh, at that point that's something else but in normal times i mean if you don't reply to that message immediately and reply that an hour later uh, after your lunch or after that break you have with your kids will it be the end of the world i think that's the question we have to ask ourselves if that message can yeah. wait for an hour there's no reason yeah. you need to inundate yourself at that point and i think bosses also need to be a little bit more understanding to you know to 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 be understanding that you know now you have children running around and you know you have all these other distractions and you might not be as focused 100% of the time So I think this is something that um the bosses need to get used to as well. Yes, and, and you shouldn't is... feel bad about it because now they I see a lot of people feeling very guilty that they can't put, you know, 150% into their work because their children are distracting them and they can't maybe they're working at night instead of working during the day, but all these are adjustments we need to all work together um to to get used to it. definitely and this is where i think this is a challenge for employers organizations to really wake up uh uh wake up to uh, the coronavirus and what it means from working from home if you look at the research again uh it's actually quite optimistic you know uh for example a key research done by bloom found a 13% increase in performance working from home but that was in 2015 ironically though the same author now in 2020 says that he feels the opposite may have her covid-19 and he says four factors children space privacy and choice the fact is uh we we you know we are doing this out of choice now and not out of our will and likewise the other research as well right is you know contradictory some research shows that stress increases while you work from home others say you're happier so it depends a lot on you and you're in control of that and of course your employers your employers have to understand that uh, it's a different working environment and for you to be productive they have to be supportive and be flexible and i think flexibility is key, the key uh, both from the organ, uh, organizations and employers and also ourselves giving ourselves that space and uh, to look at it that look you have to be adaptable and flexible and that um you know quite often what you intend to achieve you can probably still get it uh, you can probably still achieve it but it will be in a, a different pace and a different uh, uh, way that you get it done so being uh, so i think it's important for us not to be too harsh on ourselves as well yeah. uh, and realize i realize for example i'll tell you right that what i can do in person 
um, in a in a in a counseling session, right? Because like you know, in the counseling session, when you know you know physically in the room, uh, you're on the couch with the and on the opposite side of you have your client. You get to see the verbal cues along with the non-verbal cues, right? But now online, some of that's lost. But at the same time. I think you know I've seen in the last you know this is the three this is the third week I've been doing uh, online sessions with clients. Uh, I actually feel that you know I mean once you get used to it on both sides, um, and you know you look at each other straight through the computer screen, which possibly you know I mean uh, we don't do in person as much because you don't want to make the other side uncomfortable. There's actually a connection that you can also establish online, so it can be done, and I think. Uh, all of us organ uh, employers employees clients we have to adjust to that and uh, and covid-19 has forced us to go in that direction yeah i guess it's it's all about what you're used to right i mean if if we continue living like this for a longer period of time then this would be become the normal this would become the norm and it's all about looking at things from a more positive side you know you're not wasting time traveling anymore you are able to spend for those who are working full time they are able to spend more time with their children and with their families and you know the stress of traffic traffic jams all this is completely eliminated so i think this is also a good way to to look at it a little bit more from a positive side you know this is the new normal there's a I mean, the glass is half full at the end of the day, and I think there's a uh, there's an opportunity for us to take a pause, rethink how we function as a society. Um, you mentioned about employers just now. Look, the technology has been there, but unfortunately, many organizations in every industry have been resistant to a more flexible work environments. Even though the you know most academic research and uh, research in the workplace shows that flexibility leads to more productivity and uh, happier employees just work better but we yeah. didn't move to the such change and and bear in mind right we are moving towards the uh, IR 4.0 the industrial revolution that's coming up and it's all about uh, how lifestyles and working styles will change uh, we are supposed to be more flexible adaptable uh, and it's predicted that most people would have multiple overlapping jobs and not in the structured sense of office jobs we see now and even though the buzzword about IR 4.0 was there we actually didn't really move in that direction um I'll sure, give an example in true. universities as well Dina for example that uh, the technology was there but uh, you know it was not used as much until the uh, you know, covid-19 struck us and there's so many opportunities for us right so and you know I want to highlight here right that uh, while uh, you know i mean there's so many challenges and i don't want to also trivialize that the people out there who are hit really badly and it's our responsibility to stand by next to them having said that right for you know many of us it's also an opportunity to see um how we can in, uh, improve our work in styles how we can develop skills which are more adaptable and flexible if anything covid-19 has shown us that uh, there's no alternative to flexibility um yeah and, that's true and being being uh, being uh, more attuned and able to deal with change yeah i think i think you know every time i i think of this situation i always uh think of all those people who you know are losing jobs or in malaysia especially there's a lot of people who are self-employed 
uh, you know, you're talking about grab drivers or people that, you know, sell their Nasalamak, sell their food, and now they're completely wiped out of their income. So this is a very, very difficult time for them. And they will be, of course, most affected. So um, how do we, you know, how do we, what do we predict is going to happen here? Well, th- this, this is, these are definitely difficult times for um, some of the industries uh, that you mentioned, like um, particularly those, those people in the B40 communities, right? It's, uh, it's uh, you know, life has become really difficult. I, uh, and this includes even um, those who are like, you know, like you said, grab drivers. I remember in the beginning of this crisis, just before the lockdown, a grab driver was telling me that uh, his monthly income is about 4,000 and that week it went down because as it is, people were coming out less. This is just the week preceding the lockdown, right? So I now think of that uh, driver, right? If his income has gone down to 2,000 or even lesser than that, uh, perhaps even lesser, um, how does that affect him? Because uh, it affects his livelihoods, affects uh, literally food on the table. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, then you know we let's look at the construction sector, for example. And of course, a lot of people, uh, for example, refugees. Uh, some of our work in, involves uh, working in refugee schools, for example. And I sometimes sit and think, look, uh, most of the the, the their uh, parents are working in the unregulated industry, and uh, they, and you know it's a hand-to-mouth income for them, right? Yeah. So. They would be affected, but look, I mean that, that's definitely a big challenge. And and as we are facing this uh, challenge, uh, Dina, we have to remember that no one is actually safe from that. In the sense that uh, it's not only the, um, in the B40 community, or I mean they may be hit first, but you know we are also um, hearing about white collar. Uh, the uh, professionals who are losing their yeah, jobs. Yeah, the SMEs to- as well. SMEs are, are struggling as well to keep up with their monthly costs with no income coming in. Monthly costs, people they have yeah. hired, and even um, even uh, you know the white collar professional jobs uh, at every level. We are hearing about pay cuts that range yeah. from ten percent to forty percent. People have yeah. been forced to go part time. So. The impact is actually widespread, but of course, uh, initially it uh, affects the B40 community and those who are, um, you know, working in uh, the blue-collar jobs more. Having said that, though, Dina, I want to point something out that uh, this, while this is a big challenge, uh, it's also an opportunity for us to come together as as a society and to remember that we're in this together and. I feel that there's reason to be optimistic and hopeful in Malaysia. Uh, for example, if you look at the care mongering uh, Facebook group, there's initiatives, I would say not hundreds, even thousands of initiatives yeah. by yeah. Um, non-government organizations, by community organizations. Individuals, yeah. And individuals, essentially individuals who organically just, in, uh, just uh, organize to themselves to help and or initiatives to you know list down B40 Groups, how to come and reach out to help and help them, and also, of course, stand by our frontliners. I mean, let's not forget that uh, you know, the, uh, apart from, of course, uh, those who are losing their jobs and their incomes, another group that's really uh, taking in their risk and sacrificing a lot for us is uh, you know, the doctors, the nurses, those in the medical industry, policemen, people in the law enforcement. Uh, 
uh, agencies, um, even in the supermarket, those are helping you, for those who are yeah. helping you. So we do remember the contribution. And uh, and related to this, it's a reason to be hopeful that uh, I was reading uh, most hospitals are getting so many people to come and donate food to food, uh, the doctors yeah. and the stuff and there's actually they're di- diverting some of that now to um, char- char- charity organizations and other homes like that but overall what does this show this shows that Malaysians have come together and when I see those initiatives and I you know I mean I you know, and I look online and um, I would I would argue and I'm actually co- I confidently say this that Malaysians have shown more compassion and and their an ability to come together than many other societies yes. across the world. Um, and I this completely is agree with you. Yeah, this is really amazing, and I've been seeing not just they don't only help Malaysians, but they're helping those foreigners, those construction uh, workers refugees. who are stuck, the refugees, everyone who is now stuck without jobs, without food, without any sort of support system. So I'm very, very appreciative of this as well. Definitely, and I think we have shown, right, that uh, that Malaysians are are compassionate. Malaysians can stand by, like you said, not only for Malaysians but also the worker, the foreign workers here who don't have jobs, the refugees, the marginalized communities, right? And uh, and this is really, I think, uh, in that sense, a moment for us to, you know, these are no doubt difficult times, but this can also be times to remind us of humanity and uh, and Malaysia has really shown its best in this uh, in yes. this uh, difficult situation so as we are facing now another we don't know yet by tomorrow we should know whether it's going to be extended but as this might go on for a bit longer how do you see this working in the long term and what is going to be our new normal after the MCO is lifted and how do we move on from this? The new normal is diffi- difficult um, to predict. Uh, but what I can tell you that the new normal will definitely be different from what lifestyle is very used to. So certain changes that uh, in, in terms of working from home, um, even in terms of so- physical distancing, uh, some of this will probably still continue even after the lockdowns lifted. A lot of organizations still work from home for the timing for a few weeks at least. Um, I feel that you know people would still avoid mass gatherings for some time. So it's going to really take time to go back to what we used to see as normal. And maybe this is the normal. And I wouldn't like to look at you know, this as only negative. Of course, there's uh, the detrimental impacts on economic society and all. But this is also an opportunity for us to really think that how we can lead lives better. Uh, this was a pause button for us to reflect and once we come back um, those of us who I mean still have our jobs for example um, you know you, we have to ask ourselves that how can we lead lives more meaningful though meaningfully those who um, unfortunately have lost their jobs so they had to go part-time or take pay cuts they have to ask themselves that how can their skills be uh, made more adaptable um, and in you know for example Dr. Mahathir Mohammed the other day said right that uh, this is an unfortunate this is definitely unfortunate that we have to have pay cuts but at the same time uh, the, you know this is an opportunity for uh, all of us to try to monetize our hobbies so we have to be innovative here and see um, how best we can adapt to this 
remember again disruption right the traditional meaning of the word disruption is of course interruption but the last 20 years disruption has been used in businesses and in the corporate sector as also a positive term to imply innovation so we have to be innovative and here i think government um, that you know, the, the government will do is doing its bit but also this private sector the civil society education institutions they all have to come together to see how we can um uh, to tra- train our workforce better to adapt to work uh, cha- changes so that we can be more future proof in that sense so yeah that's um, and uh, one thing you know i want to mention here right is that while we t- we are talking about moving online and all we also have to bear in mind the digital divide um there is a a, a fair degree of social and economic inequality um not only in Malaysia but across the world and sometimes that also translates to digital haves and digital have nots so we have to make sure that when we move towards a more online based uh, working style how to be more inclusive and and that's where again i think uh, post covid 19 universities community uh, organizations have to come forward to see that uh, how can we make technology more accessible as well and uh, so so that's in terms of the you know the infrastructure and all but in terms of mental health i i think at this time that we have spent uh, at home uh, like you said look this there's more time to think about you know our social emotional well-being uh, there's no alternative to self care whether you're at home during the lockdown or um, you want to um, you know or you can go out after the lockdowns eventually lifted you have to take care of yourself um, yeah. and in the first phase of life we often forget that um, and so there's no alternative to self care um, keep moving yeah, stay fit so, uh, and totally healthy i agree with you and i i i i like the the pause in, uh, instead of disruption much better because you know every time i i i try to reflect on what's going on i really mostly focus on this pause thing because we really got this time to think about it to reflect what are we doing are we happy are we doing something that you know we really want to be doing or is it time for a change is it is it time to you know maybe go for a different adventure and i feel our lives before this did not allow us to even step back to reflect so i have time yeah. for that i think this pause is very very important and it's really going to help many people to reflect on their lives to li- reflect on uh, themselves and like self care like you mentioned is very very important and many people re- neglected completely So I hope this has given them the opportunity to to really look inwards uh, a lot and to see what they really need in order to be happy. Definitely, you know, we are running after one goalpost after another goalpost, and life is busy, hectic. So, uh, in many in, in many cases, we were stuck in jobs, professions that we didn't have a. Uh, a passion for and life as a cycle so this is an opportunity for us to really a forced opportunity i must say um and you know like i said i don't want to trivialize the the detrimental impacts but also the time for us to bounce back come together reflect on our own mental health help those who are less fortunate than us 
and see how we can make life more meaningful. You know, at one at some point, it's about self care, which is about exercise, nutrition, um, sleeping habits, food, all that. But it's also about making life more meaningful, uh, making life uh, um, uh, making life uh, more purposeful as well. And that's and also not- and also reflecting on more simple things instead of constantly chasing for you know the next big thing this has really forced us to look at you know nature to enjoy nature to enjoy our family to enjoy small things every day to be grateful for which uh, you know our usual busy lives did not allow us it was just like oh let's you know race for the next project and let's finish this and let's go for the next big holiday and you know we're constantly chasing for some big rush which you know now we can't have because we are focusing on smaller simpler things definitely you know what i mean when we are confined at home when we are facing so much anxiety about what happens to society what happens to the economy what happens to those who are less fortunate than us how can we help them at the same time you know dina this is also a time to show gratitude appreciation as much as possible uh those of us who are alive i mean when you turn on the news and you see uh, the devastation caused by covid-19 in other countries um you know we also need to put into perspective that uh, you know we are for the time being at least luckier than many people out there and we have to remember also the simpler pleasures of life that we have forgotten um our family members next to us things we like to enjoy um and and that gratitude is really important as well that uh, uh and then you know we we all know that gratitude and appreciation are so closely related to mental health and you know what even if in these difficult times you know the fact that uh, uh we we are, you know we are alive we are trying to uh, keep uh, optimistic uh, which of my which to me also shows the power of uh, human resilience that no matter what um, every peer support group that i run of course there's so much anxiety and stress but i also see this uh, indomitable human spirit right to bounce back to remain strong to give each other hope and uh, and that's what i'm grateful to uh, that you know that i that i feel that we have we need to uh, appreciate the, yeah. within us and exactly. and in terms of like gratitude dinner right also to um you know and you know it doesn't need to be a very complicated exercise or maybe even writing a journal that we tell clients it could be just as simple as you know before you go to bed just thinking that what are the things that went right today um yeah. you know quite me often and my, I, me, sorry to interrupt you no, but no. me oh, and sorry. a couple of friends what we do is every single day we send a message into the whatsapp group that we have of the things that we're grateful for that day. Of course if you're not don't feel grateful that day maybe you woke up, you know, not feeling so great, you won't write anything, but it's really nice to see what other people are appreciating and you know, it can also give you an idea of what you can start appreciating more. So I really like this idea of sharing our gratitude with others. And that's so powerful, right? I mean to share uh the the things that we you know we we have gratitude for because you know we often forget the simpler things right because sometimes we seek pleasure from so many external things or so many material obje- objects right that 
we forget what's around us you know what i mean and yeah. and that's where um this is an opportunity for us definitely and uh, sharing uh, this with people who are close to you or in support groups or like you know like the whatsapp groups and things that you mentioned are definitely really helpful there to yeah yeah to and also to keep us going to remind ourselves that look the glass may look half empty but it's also half full and yeah. we can consciously try to uh, see how we can make it better and i just also want to add here in another thing right that if we see the neuroscience it also tells us at the end of the day that uh, the way our brain is uh, uh, designed and our brain pro- processes uh, stimuli and thoughts and emotions means that we humans also have an opportunity to make ourselves feel happier uh by you know behavioral interventions and changes doing things that give you purpose and meaning uh gratitude appreciation healthy lifestyle um relaxation meditation um yeah. all these things right uh, socializing as well you know quite often we feel that you know that we are not in control but in most cases in many cases i would say that we are also in control of our happiness and we yeah. uh, even in these difficult times we can consciously try to see how we can make ourselves feel happier and that's um, where the you know being alert of uh, alert about our thoughts emotions all that is so important yeah that sounds great i totally agree with you and on i would like to end this on this positive note um that you know we can control how we are behaving towards this situation and how we we are in control of our own happiness so thank you so much armand for being with me on D- this Dina, episode do you know thank you very much and on that last point i just want to add that one thing that we can consciously do it's in our control it's the easiest thing to do is also have a news detox because i think at this point we are yeah. in this 24/7 <laughs> news cycle constantly every single whatsapp message is about covid-19 the news updates are there and you know what okay look we do need awareness we do need to know what's happening around us but you need to balance that also with your mental health yeah. needs we don't need a 24/7 update and maybe just discipline yourself that you're going to look at the news on covid-19 once a day that's all you yeah. need to know so i think we need to detox ourselves um have more discipline in terms of our news intake because every time we see the devastating news it adds to stress and anxiety so one way that you can reduce that and you're in control of that and each of us must do that is try to see how we can reduce our intake of news uh, particularly uh, regarding the virus so thank you for having me over thank and you. i will wish... do yeah we'll do a few more episodes uh, regarding this uh, focusing on different uh, topics such as change and disruption and sustaining positivity and optimism through this time so we'll talk again soon thank you for joining me it was a pleasure talking to you and i hope that the listeners find this helpful and get some ideas on how to deal with this difficult situation that we all find ourselves in at the moment thank you and i wish the best for your listeners and also you and your family dina and i look forward to our next uh, podcast as well thank you awesome thank you arman all right till next time bye everyone